I'm Katie. And I'm Coley. Welcome to the SVU Coven podcast, Little Witch Detectives. Hi. Hi. Um, are you hearing an echo? No. Okay, good. I don't know what is happening. I'm getting like really weird feedback, but anyway. Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's up? Not much. You know. Um, I guess we should jump right in because we've got a huge freaking episode for you guys today. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to jump into our witch talk. This is the corner of the intro of our show where we update each other about our lives um, so that you guys can hear about our lives. Uh, But, you know, I always say it's a little redundant because Coley and I talk all the time. Um, But it's fun. So whatever. (laughs) Um, I guess I'll start. So... Not much has changed since last week when we recorded, um, but it is an Aries new moon today during Aries season. Yeah. Um, Super stoked about that. I love Aries energy, but I also kind of feel like I want to fight somebody. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, we have the moon, the sun, and Mercury in Aries right now. God bless it. Um, Okay. But I say that because later on today, after I'm done recording, I'm actually going to a breathwork ceremony that's in honor of this fabulous new moon. Um, So I'm really excited about that. It's like breathwork, meditation, Reiki, all that fun, fun stuff. Um, And then next weekend, I'm moving. (laughs) So uh, the rest of this weekend, I will be packing. And the rest of the week, I will be packing because my brother and I move next Friday. Um, so I'm stoked about that. It's just, like, super stressful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, not much is going on with me. What's going on with you? Well, this morning, I got a notification on Twitter that Marishka liked one of my tweets. He. <laughs> That was exciting. That's up on our hey. story. Um, if you want to see it, it's up on our story on Instagram. Um, uh, so after you said Marishka liked your tweet, it cut out on my end. So did you say anything else? Yeah, it was just that it was really exciting and that it's up on our Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also saved so Marishka's tweet or Marishka liked the tweet of the wallpaper you made and I saved the wallpaper for myself too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. Um uh what else happened this week? Oh, I had an interview this week. Mm-hmm. Um we're gonna get more into it probably in a couple weeks, but um yeah, I did an interview for News 12 New Jersey, and um, it was really exciting. Yeah, um, and more to come about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think that's it for my end. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Twitter. Yes. So... <laughs> Um, those of you who follow me on Twitter at Coley Marie X, um, if you follow me there, you may have seen this tweet. 
if not, you probably didn't see it. Then again, I don't know who saw it because Katie's the only one who liked it. <laughs> and replied. And replied. <laughs> um, but I made a tweet saying, I don't think EO is endgame. I think that they're meant to open a taco truck and get ready for Bensler's tacos. <laughs> Let me explain where that came from. <laughs> I was watching a one topic at a time YouTube video. Um, not sponsored, but would love to be. Just hmm. saying. OT, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... It was on asexuality, and this tweet popped up that I really liked, and it says, having chemistry with someone doesn't mean you have to date them or sleep with them. Maybe you're supposed to open a taco truck together. Chemistry is good for all relationships, not just romantic ones. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Bensler's Tacos. Bensler's Tacos. Coming on that hill. Coming to a stand near you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's cute. I've decided I'm going to watch every episode of SVU that has Elliot and Olivia in it, at knowing that eventually they will open a taco stand together. And I think it adds a little something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or a taco truck or whatever the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Again, speaking of Twitter, um, I want to address something that happens when you go to set and that people aren't respecting currently. Um, when you go to set, and I've been to set a few times, um, when you go to set, they tell you not to um, record any video. Because it could spoil something. Well, yeah. yesterday, someone recorded video of, and this is a spoiler, but it's already out there, um, of Olivia and Noah running into Elliot and Elliot meeting Noah that way. Hmm. And... It just, like, you just spoiled it for everybody. And people would have seen the pictures anyway, so they would have made their own conclusions. But you spoiled a part of a storyline. And that's not fair to those of us who didn't go to set. Right. And even thinking about it legally, um, that's technically property of NBC. Yeah. Um, that they do not own. So by posting it, it's technically uh, like even if it do was watered down all the way to intellectual property, mm -hmm. it's still posting somebody else's content and somebody else's work. Yeah. Um, so like, Which, let's be fair, happens a lot in this fandom. Right. And but still. but still, like, it's just, it's not good all the way around. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're seeing a spoiler, but you chose to see it. You chose to be there, you know. 
Um, exactly. It just irks me. Plus, NBC always, they're like, especially in Law & Order, famous for their like trailers and the little tidbits that they hand out. They want to deliver those things in their own way. Yeah. So it irks me when I see stuff like that. And like Warren posted a, a picture and like that would have been enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't need to see the actual scene. Um, right. That's something that, like I said, the crew is very adamant about. Um, they tell you when you get to set, you know, no filming of the scenes, but you can take pictures kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's not fair to everybody else who wasn't on set who didn't want that spoiled. And are there people who want it spoiled? Sure. Are there people who don't want it spoiled? Of course. And those people probably outnumber the people who do want it spoiled. Yeah, I am a pro-spoilers individual. Um, I always look stuff up and spoil it for myself, but not like that. I'll look at like trailers or I'll be watching a show that's already been out for a while and I'll Google what happens or whatever. Mm. But my is an anti-spoiler person. So we'll be watching like the same movie and I'll already know what happens because I've spoiled it for myself, but it makes it more exciting of an experience for me. Whereas for him, he doesn't want to know anything because that's how it's more exciting to him. And so I have grown up with somebody who's a no spoilers person and I know how much it wrecks him when he finds out a spoiler. And so like when people do stuff like this, take the actors NBC out of it, you're hurting people within your same fandom. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think like that's nice. It's not something kind people do. Yeah. (laughs) um i think we just as a fandom we should be accountable and um be more positive and nice to one another yeah because that's what olivia benson would want that's what mariska wants (laughs) literally told it to somebody on set like six months ago that's true. And if you think about Isabel Gillies, too, and her whole uh, coming forward, which we've talked about in a previous episode, yeah. um, there's even stuff that just pertains to Kathy Stabler that was toxic and awful, and she had to experience it. Um, and, like, that stuff didn't stop after she came forward, unfortunately. No. Because um, they had a one year since Kathy Stabler died, like, celebration on Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, We love Kath... We love Kathy Stabler in this house. Yes. Um, But moving along, because we are for Tat here, um, I... One more thing about Twitter, and then I'll move on. I wanted to mention this last week. But I forgot. Ice tea was trending on Twitter. Did you see this? I think so. So I have the tweet pulled up. I'm going to read it to you. Um, But he was trending on Twitter for this tweet. 
And I just think it's really funny because if you know anything about Ice-T, you know he is not afraid to speak his mind. (laughs) And especially on Twitter, but also on Instagram. Um, And he does this thing where he says, ice cold fact. And then he says something ridiculous. This is not one of those tweets, but I just wanted to mention that because it's really funny. So if you (laughs) don't follow Ice-T on Twitter, it's at final level and you should. Um, But a a little over a week ago, he was trending, like on the main trending page for this tweet. And it's just so good. I have to read it. So the tweet goes, I was robbed at a gas station in New Jersey last night. After my hand stopped trembling, I managed to call the cops and they were quick to respond and calmed me down. My money is gone. The police asked me if I knew who did it. I said, yes, it was gas pump number nine. (laughs) And maybe it's a little insensitive, but it was so funny because this tweet, like, everybody thought that Ice-T had just, like, gone through this traumatic experience. So if you looked at Twitter, half of it was like, oh, my gosh, like, Ice-T was robbed. And then the other half of Twitter was like, oh, he got me good. Yeah. And it was just hilarious. And it's funny because, like, (laughs) Ice-T being on SVU is already, like, funny in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but you know, Ice T's a famous rapper. That's what he's known for. That's how he came up, and so he has like this multi base of fans. <laughs> and um, I just couldn't get over it. It was just so funny to read the replies. So I encourage you all to go check out that tweet and read the replies because it was really funny. Yes. Um, because. <laughs> uh-huh. <sighs> but anyway, um, continuing on, I. I came up with an idea last night (laughs) (laughs) and I felt like Coley and I should share it with you. So um, if you guys don't know, everything I'm about to say is legal in the state of Georgia and the state of New Jersey, I believe. Yeah. Um, So getting a Delta 8 edible, which is the legal amount of THC that can be sold in stores here in Georgia. Um, and I had the realization that Coley and I (laughs) could totally do a stream where we eat legal Delta 8 THC edibles or ingested in any way and basically do a high podcast episode. Yeah. (laughs) And Coley got super excited about it. So I'm mentioning it here now because if any of the witch detectives want to give us the go ahead are excited about it let us know but be looking for that in future episodes maybe two or three down the line from where we are now i think it would be really funny and where whoever's writing the notes for that episode is also going to have delta eight um so that we can laugh at ourselves basically for an hour we decided that um whoever was writing the notes was gonna have delta eight before they wrote the notes Mm-hmm. The other person was going to comment on them on the notes <laughs> while having Delta 8. And then we were going to do the stream while having Delta 8. So it yeah. would be a conglomerate of us being high. Yes. And I'm so excited. Um, and once again, all of this is legal in both of the states that we live in. Um, just the legal amounts of THC. I just believe so. Delta 8 is legal in all 50 states i think so but i just wanted to especially preface that the two that we live in it's legal um 
just because if any of you are listening and you are in the state of Georgia, you know that um, we are still going through uh, legalization efforts here. Um, But Delta 8 is legal. So I literally bought it at the store. (laughs) In New Jersey, technically it's legal in New Jersey, but there haven't been any dispensaries set up yet except for the medical marijuana dispensaries. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, we have a couple dispensaries here, and then also you can buy Delta 8 at the gas station. Yeah, you can buy it at 7-Eleven here. Yeah, so... All that to say, moving right along, this is your uh, social media plug for the episode. So if you guys are on Instagram, we are most active on there. It's at SVU Coven. You can go over there, check us out. Any updates, anything like that, you'll see it there first. If you want to communicate with us, have any questions for us, we always post on our Instagram stories. You can also go check out when Marishka likes Coley's tweets on our Instagram stories. So you don't want to miss that. So it's SVU coming um, on Instagram. We also have a Discord server, which is like a little chatting type community that you can join. The link to our Discord is in our Instagram bio. So while you're there, why not click the link in the bio and join? That link does expire after seven days. So if you didn't get in within that time constraint, shoot us a DM on Instagram. We will send you a new link and you can join the coven. We would love to have you. We talk about tarot, witchcraft, SVU, and all the SVU coven things over there. So make sure you join. We're really interested in growing the coven. Uh, Likewise, if neither of those mediums are speaking to you in this moment, we do have a basic email. Coley does check it. I can confirm. So if you guys want to be on the show, sponsor the show, have questions for us, or just want to talk to us, you can shoot us an email at svucoven at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes. And then this is your episodic reminder to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, rating and subscribing or following if you're listening on Apple Podcasts is the most important. It tells the algorithm that people are listening to us and that they like us and then they will recommend us to other people. Um, reviewing is just really nice. We lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts. Um, I didn't actually check to see if we had new <laughs> hold on let me see if we have new reviews no, we don't. darn we don't have any new reviews so um let us know if you like the show um let us know if there's anything we got wrong and we'll do a corrections corner um let us know if there's anything you want to see in a review And we'll address it on the podcast. Word up. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Shall we jump into things? We shall. All right. So we're going to start with a self-love affirmation. As always, if you are operating a vehicle, do not close your eyes, but you can still practice the self-love affirmation with us. If you are not operating heavy machinery, take a moment, sit still, close your eyes, and take some deep cleansing breaths and repeat to yourself, I am surrounded by love and I attract kind people. 
this affirmation was brought to me by the mantra app, not sponsored, but we would love to be. Um, and I encourage you all to reflect on that. I think uh, we've all been through experiences with unkind people in our lives. Um, and something you can manifest is kind people into your life. Yes. So just remember that you are surrounded by love and you can attract kind people. Or if you have kind people in your life already, take a moment to show some gratitude for them. Um, and remember that love isn't just from other people as well. You can surround yourself with your own love because you are love and we are love. Yes. Um, so, yes. And also, you know, if you're operating a vehicle, don't close your eyes, but you can repeat that self out loud, that phrase out loud to yourself. And keep breathing even keep if breathing. <laughs> Please don't stop breathing just because you're driving a car. SVU Coven does not encourage the stopping of breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get into our episode? We shall. Crazy. So this is season two, episode four of Law and Order SVU Legacy. And something I want to point out here is that the universe always gives me the best munch episodes. Yes, it does. How does that happen every time? I'm just so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> munch is my favorite character if you are new. If you are not new, then you know that um, I would ride and die for John Munch the rest of my life. Yes. Um. So our summary is brought to us by IMDb. Once again, not sponsored, but once again, we'd love to be. A seven-year-old girl lapses into a coma, and the detectives investigate the members of her family to determine who's responsible for the abuse. So we open on a teenager talking on the phone and getting ready for school. His mom looks for his sister, Emily, wondering if anyone has woke her. She goes to Emily's room and sees bruises on her neck, and Emily is passed out and is not waking up. Um, something I do want to say really quick is I did not write down actors' names uh, today. I know we're supposed to be getting better at that, and I just failed to do that. So I'm going to take accountability for that right now. Um, I did not write down any actors' names, and I apologize, but we can leave the IMDb link in the notes if you're curious. Yes. All right. So... Cut to uh, the hospital. Elliot and Olivia are talking to a doctor, and the doctor says that Emily, the child, had suffered a subdural hematoma, and the pressure had been building. She also had a fractured femur that had been healed for about six weeks, um, hairline fractured ribs, bruising in her arms and pelvic region. Uh, she also had vaginal trauma, so they performed a rape kit on her. The doctor said that her mother brought her in. The mom's name is Jamie McKenna. Uh, her father is out of town on business. Um, I wrote this line down because I think it's kind of indicative of the detective's plight. Uh, but Olivia looks at Elliot and said, so did you have a nice weekend? And he goes, I don't remember having a weekend. Yes. And I would just like to add in here that in this episode, Olivia has the punky hair. <laughs> it being spiked out in the back. And I love it. And it looks like they, like, like, how do they get it to stand like that? <laughs> Gel. Yeah, it looks like, but you, it doesn't look jelly. Like, it doesn't look like there's gel in her hair, but it's somehow doing the thing. Yeah. It's very early 2000s energy. 
Very 2000s energy. Yes. And then we done done. Always got to include that in there. Um, so Jamie, the mother, says that Emily was fine when Jamie put her to bed and was happy after going to her father's house. This is where we find out that Emily's parents are actually divorced and Jamie has been remarried, but she shares custody with Emily's father. Uh, Justin, the eldest son, is reluctant to stay at the hospital to talk to the detectives because he has a math quiz. Um, Elliot, of course, is mildly annoyed by this. Uh, However, cut to Emily's father shows up. Elliot pushes him back because he's being rather aggressive. We find out that Emily's father's name is Denny Correa. Uh, Denny blames Emily's stepfather, Randall, and Jamie says that Denny's anger has gotten worse since she remarried. So this scene essentially establishes that Denny is rather aggressive as a person. Yes. Um, Denny tells Stabler that Emily had, so the day of uh, when all of this was going down, Emily had gone to watch the Lion King and he, the matinee showing, and he had made her dinner. He says that he should never have let Emily go back to her mother's house. Stabler asks, asks why and denny says that randall touches emily uh stabler asks how he knows that and denny says that he just assumed that's what happened because of emily's bruises and denny had reported randall for it in the past but jamie had said that randall had not touched emily and in fact it was denny that had touched emily um and not randall and elliot asks why she would say that and denny says because she wants emily all to herself so there's definitely some friction happening with the stepfather and the father here. Yeah. At the squad room, Stabler runs through the case so far with everybody. The rape kit turned up a hair and they found abrasions to Emily's backside. Finn says that he thinks it was someone in the house. Olivia says not necessarily because her bleeding was internal. Um, they look into Denny's background and they found that he works as a cook at um, however, in contrast, Randall is an investment banker. He has two sons, one from a previous marriage and one with Jamie. Uh, he is in D.C. on business currently, so they cannot speak to him. Um, Jamie had met Denny, Emily's father, in rehab, uh, where Denny was a dance teacher, which I thought was interesting. Um, and while she was in rehab, she got pregnant and Jamie's mother demanded that Denny be fired. Um, Shortly after that, I believe I didn't write that down, but I believe it was shortly after that. Uh, Cragen says that Jamie's mother is Lois Huntington. She's the chair of the Avery Huntington foundation and she's the widow to a late ambassador. Uh, Cragen sends his orders and sends everybody out on what they need to do. Which Lois being wealthy and of high society is important to know throughout the episode. Yes. Um, Lois, the, so Jamie's mother tells Elliot and Olivia that Denny took advantage of Jamie, but she supported joint custody in the beginning because Jamie was not in the position to care for a sick infant alone. She originally wanted Jamie to have an abortion. Um, Jamie was in rehab for drug abuse, but Lois is defensive of this and says that it was simply diet pills, etc. Jamie was an only child spoiled by her father. 
she was very, very close to her father. And Lois says that Jamie took full advantage of that. Uh, Lois sent her to boarding school when she was 11. Uh, but when Jamie became pregnant, it made her go straight. So she cleaned up her act, things like that. Um, in the past, Denny had threatened in the recent past, Denny had threatened to kill Randall. Um, and Randall told Denny that he wouldn't press charges against him if Denny signed papers to give Jamie full custody of Emily and that he has until Friday to decide. It's important in here to note that the diet pills that she was using were a form of amphetamine. Mm-hmm. And that's what she was hooked on was the amphetamines, not yes. necessarily just the diet pills. Yes. And Lois was trying to play it, play it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Munch and Finn go to talk to social services, I believe. Uh, the person they talked to says that Emily came to them in 1994 and she was sick. So uh, her parents were granted joint custody. Uh, Jamie was the driving force. She pushed through the paperwork. She wanted to have joint custody. About a year ago, Jamie began challenging it. Uh, and that's when they. Re- Abuse reports. Uh, but she claims there wasn't enough evidence to make a case uh, and it all could have been normal childhood mishaps and that they followed their standard. Uh, something I didn't write down, but I think is interesting. Munch asks her how she sleeps at night, basically, and she's like, I haven't slept a single night in 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine having a job like that. Yeah. So... From here, Finn and Munch go to talk to one of Emily's teachers who had reported that Emily had been abused. Uh, Emily said she had fell learning to ride a bike, and she, uh, the teacher does not think that Denny is responsible for those injuries. He's never raised his voice towards her. They've known Denny for six years. They don't believe that he's a threat. Uh, Munch and Finn ask if I'm alone with anyone else, uh, and the teacher says Henry, who is a minister, spends a lot of alone time with Emily he's taken a special interest in her he reads to her takes her to dance classes he loves her Uh, there's also a girl named Jennifer who is very close to Emily who is arguably her best friend and those are the people that she could think of that spent the most alone time with Emily Um, cut to my favorite scene in the episode are you ready (laughs) Are you ready? So (laughs) Munch goes to talk to the little girl named Jennifer, who is Emily's best friend. He introduces himself as Detective Munch and Jennifer giggles and says that Munch's name is a funny last name. And this is my favorite line in the whole episode, arguably the whole season. Um, Munch looks at Jennifer and says, you think that's funny? I guess if I ever have kids, I'd have to call them Munchkins. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just funny because if you're a John Munch stan, you identify as a munchkin. And it's all because of this line right here. (laughs) So welcome. Hello. (laughs) Um, From here, Munch asks Jennifer about Emily. Jennifer says uh, that Henry, in particular, the minister, is super nice to Emily. um, And that Emily's dad was angry. And Emily had told Jennifer that. Uh, because her mom was trying to take her away from him. And Jennifer says that Emily and her father were planning on going to a secret trip to Cuba um, and leaving her mom in the dust. So 
that's very interesting. But the best part about this scene, besides the line, is that Munch is sitting in a kid's chair at like a little art table with Jennifer. And when he stands up to get out of the chair, he just looks at Finn and Finn looks at him and he can't get out because he's stuck. It's so funny because it's like Munch isn't even that big of a guy. Like he's a skinny, lanky dude, but he can't get out of this child's chair. And Finn asks if he can move, and Munch says, um, "Yeah, if you get me a forklift." (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And I, I also sometimes wonder if that was scripted or if Richard Belzer was really stuck in that chair. <laughs> it it seems, yeah, I think it was both because I, Ice T's line feels scripted, but yeah. Richard not being able to get out of the chair seems real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, back at the squad room, um, Elliot says that Denny is looking like a hot, a hothead. He filed for custody. He basically has to choose between his child and going to jail. Elliot and Olivia notice that Munch is acting a little funny, and they ask what's wrong with him, and Finn says he was injured in the line of duty. And Munch says, I'm a pain in my own ass. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) it's just the joke that never stops giving. I love it. Um... Finn tells Elliot and Olivia about the Cuba trip and they found the flights booked online for Emily and Denny. Uh, They decide that it's time to bring in Denny to talk to him. Talk to them. Uh, Denny tells Elliot and Munch that he wanted to help Emily. They ask him about his past violence. Uh, He's been violent toward Randall as well as he has a prior charge for violence towards um, someone that was working in a store. Um, I wrote down that they play hardball here because I do notice that Elliot and Munch both are playing more bad cop than good cop, um, which I think is interesting. Uh, Denny says that he would never hurt Emily. Um, So as soon as they're like mid interrogation, Cragen pulls them out and says that Denny is not the guy. The blood type from the rape kit does not match his. Um, Cut to Cragen's office. We have another J.K. Simmons cameo. We love to see it. Um, he's playing uh, the therapist Skoda. I can't remember. He's a doctor, right? Yeah. So, Dr. Skoda. Um, Cragen says that they've pulled in Skoda there to lend a hand. Skoda gives his insight, saying that um, child abusers often manipulate emotions, etc. This is a very socially complex case because Emily is kind of looking at all the people in her life that are um, close to her and supposed to be her protectors. So it's hard to identify which one it, it could be, but it's also complex for Emily in regards to coming forward. Um Skoda says that they're looking for someone with low self-esteem, but also someone who could use that low self-esteem to be in a high job type position. Yeah. Um, So that puts Randall McKenna, Emily's stepfather, at the top of the list, but also they want to talk to the minister, Henry. Um, So at this point, Denny is no longer a suspect. Elliot and Olivia go to interview Randall, uh, who is now home from his business trip. They ask about how Jamie and Randall met, and he says it was through a client um, and through 
Jamie's mother, really. Uh, he says that he was home on Sunday night and they tell him uh, Denny said that Randall was the one molesting Emily and blackmailing him. Randall denies this. He also refuses to give up his DNA and Elliot threatens a court order. Um, from here, Munch and Finn go to talk to Henry. Uh, I think this is just a really cute, like, totally SVU writer's room tidbit. But Henry knows that Finn's last name stands for the gentle one. And his last name is Tutuola. Have you ever heard that last name aside from SVU? No. Yeah, I've never heard it either. So I think it's interesting. And also, I don't identify Finn as being gentle. But, like, he kind of is, you know? Um, and then Munch introduces himself as the handsome one, just to contrast. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is cute. And... Munch Hungarian for the gentle one. Yeah, I or love it. The handsome one. The handsome one. Munch is just on fire this episode. Yeah. Um, so Henry says he knows about what happened to Emily because her grandmother Lois told him. Uh, Henry had been the one to take Emily home to her father after they had gone to see the Lion King matinee. He also discloses that Lois was there the entire time. They didn't tell Denny that Lois was going to be there due to the friction between the two of them. Um, But Henry says that he would never hurt Emily because she had won his heart and he's essentially on the detective side, wants to work with them any way that he can. Yeah. Um, So from here... Elliot and Olivia go to interview Justin, who is the eldest child, and I believe uh, Randall's child, but not Jamie's. Um, They go to interview Justin about when Randall left for his trip. Justin says that he was asleep, and this is something he continues to say every time they ask him a question. Um, He says that Jamie and Randall were arguing over Emily and that he put his headphones on so that he wouldn't hear it. And essentially that Jamie and Randall argue all the time and Randall's hardly ever home because of that. Um, Back at the squad room, everybody's updating each other on the case. Um, Randall is fighting. He doesn't want to uh, give his DNA up. They're saying that the picture is getting clearer now. They're seeing who is willing to talk and who isn't. Um, Emily is still in a coma in the hospital, and they're waiting on a court order from Alex to get Randall's DNA. Uh, They comment that Emily is probably safer in the hospital bed than if she had been awake and sent home. Munch is visibly upset. Yeah. From here, Munch goes to the hospital to see Emily, and he brings her a little stuffed animal of a lion, which I think is cute. It's adorable. It's adorable. We love a hurt man that softens <laughs> for things. Yeah, it is my favorite trope. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Alex goes to appeal to the judge, and she wins. Randall did not show up for this hearing. I would like to interject in here because I do know who the judge is played by. Hmm. She is one of my favorite judges. She is played by Joanna Merlin, and it is Judge Lena Petrovsky. Yes, and she and Alex have a great rapport yes. for a long time, which I love. Um, we find out that Randall didn't show up to this hearing because he's in critical condition, and someone beat the hell out of him. Uh, 
from here, Finn and Munch go to interview uh, the McKenna's maid, and she says that she hasn't seen Denny any uh, since yesterday. But she did see him. He showed up, and he was worried about his daughter. Um, she So the maid is talking very, very loud, almost yelling. And Munch yells back at her because he assumes that she can't, like, hear him. And yeah. then she turns around, and she's like, you don't have to yell. And then Finn starts giggling at Munch right here. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just wanted to include it because, obviously, you guys are listening to our audio, so you can't see this. But... It's just really cute and funny because already out the gate, Finn and Munch have a really adorable relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it only gets better. <laughs> um. Also, I don't think that this is the McKenna's maid because they're not at the McKenna's apartment. They're at Denny's apartment. Mm, yes. And I don't think she's a maid. I think she might be the landlord. I was wondering, but it seemed like they were setting it up like she was in the apartment which is why i put maid but there's a good chance she's the landlord as well um but you're right it's not the mckinnis maid um it just kind of seemed weird like she was there at a certain time to do a certain thing which could be a landlord uh thing also yeah they don't really specify (laughs) they just have a random woman in a babushka yeah Um, they go and investigate the apartment. Uh, Munch gets a call from Liv at this time, and they find out that Denny was sneaking into the hospital to see Emily. Yes. Um, I just wanted to take a quick break. It won't be very long, but I did want to mention that we are always open to taking sponsorships or having guests on the show. Um, we haven't had a sponsorship in a while, and we've never had a guest. Can you believe that? Um, so I just wanted to take a moment here in the middle of the show to say, if you are interested in sponsoring us or partnering with us in any way, we are open to that. If you're interested in being on the show and being a guest, whether it's for a witchcraft based episode or SVU, we would love to have you. Um, and you can reach out to us via email about this at svucoven at gmail.com. Coley checks our email regularly. So you will hear back from them for sure. Um, and that's all. Now back to our program. <laughs> yes. Uh, Elliot and Olivia interrogate Denny, and he admits to hurting Randall. Uh, Friday was the deadline for signing the custody papers, and he didn't want to hand Emily over to someone he believes was abusing her. Randall decided then to press charges, um, and with uh, Denny's priors, he could get deported. Randall said Jamie's mother knew people at the state department and that Denny was as good as gone. Next thing he knew he was beating the shit out of Randall. He called 911 when he realized um, how badly he was hurting him and he went home, changed clothes and decided that he just wanted to see his daughter one last time and went to the hospital. Olivia tells Denny that it's hard to say what happens next uh, with his prior conviction and things like that. It's a very complicated situation. Um, (laughs) Cragen says that Denny should have let the system work for him, but the detectives comment that the system has never really worked out for Denny and he had to take matters into his own hands. Um, at this point, the hair sample comes in from the rape kit from a brush and the DNA does not match Randall. However, it could match someone in his bloodline. Yes. Um, 
Lunch goes to investigate the McKenna home. Inside the music box, he finds what I believe is a hospital bracelet. Yes. And he turns around to see the little brother, whose name is Michael, in the hallway. He looks kind of sad and solemn. Um, Elliot then finds the hairbrush in question in Justin, the older brother's bedroom. Lots of names happening here. Yes. Um, Justin blames... So they they bring Justin in to talk. Sorry, I got distracted because I don't know if you can hear this in the background, but my rabbit is being bad. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm too yeah, lazy to scare it. Okay, good. She's just she's scratching up a storm and it keeps distracting me. Um so they're talking to Justin, the eldest son now. Justin blames Jamie and says that he's irritated with Emily. He says that he's never touched Emily. He just wants them and this whole mess to go away. Um, Jamie then says that sometimes she would see Emily crying in her bedroom and Justin would just be standing there watching. Olivia asks why Jamie and Randall argue. And she says it's about Justin's attitude towards Emily, not specifically about Emily. Uh, after Jamie put Emily to bed that night, she took Michael, her youngest son, to the drugstore. So Justin was alone with Emily for about an hour. Jamie looked at Emily before bed and said that she looked peaceful. We get a direct DNA hit from Justin's brush. Um, and they think maybe his father might have known that Justin was the one hurting Emily. Uh, the boy isn't ready. The boy, Justin, isn't ready to give it up. Um, and they put him in a cell to apply pressure. Jamie offers to help in any way that she can. Uh, the detectives notice that she is acting some type of way. And Olivia says that because, you know, everyone in her life is, it's all kind of falling apart. Um, yeah. But Munch, however, isn't convinced because there's no hospital uh, record of Emily's prior in injuries. However, um, he pulls out the hospital band that he found at the McKenna house and notices that there's a fake name on it or a name on it, Erica Smith. Uh, they find out that Erica had been admitted to hospitals for vaginal bleeding. ACS was notified, never heard from again. Her home address is in the middle of the East River. And then they realize that they have been had. Erica and Emily are the same person. Uh, and they find out that Emily had been taken to multiple hospitals with multiple different names. Uh, and it was all paid for in cash. So there was no paper trail. What if Jamie was the one that had been abusing her daughter all along? Uh, Dr. Skoda says parents who have suffered child abuse themselves can repeat abuse on their own children, um, which can is fair. I, I hate that argument. So yeah. Much. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's true, but I hate it. Yeah. Um, because it's also, it like categorizes people that have suffered child abuse into one, like, oh, they must do this or they must do that. Yeah. Um, and that's As not always true. Survivor myself, I hate that argument. So yeah yeah and it is does happen but it's not indicative of the whole yeah um and i think skoda in particular is just very white man about it and that's the best way i know how to describe it yeah um 
from here, Elliot and Olivia talk to Justin once again. Uh, he says that he was alone with Emily for a short time. Uh, Elliot tells Justin that they are just trying to help him. There's no reason for him to be so defensive. Um, turns out that while Jamie was gone with Michael, Justin had actually left for about an hour and he went for a run in the park, um, which would have left Emily at home for that hour. Um, Alex basically tells everybody that we need proof. Um, and Finn points to the doorman that lives or works at the McKenna's apartment complex, complex building. Um, Elliot and Olivia go to interview this doorman and he says that he saw, uh, Jamie and Michael leave. Uh, he had saw them around 9 PM. He was about to take his break, which is why he remembers the time. He didn't see them come back, but he did see Justin come back around 10 p.m. Munch um, found the drugstore and found out that Jamie and Michael were there for five minutes uh, when Jamie had originally said they had been there for about an hour. That puts her back at the apartment around 9.30, and Justin would not have been there because he got back after 10. Um. Alex argues that they still don't have a case. They can't strap abuse to Jamie without a link. Um, Munch remembers that Skoda said that uh, people that are child abuse survivors, it was something to do with um, wanting attention and sympathy. So he has this recollection and then realizes that Jamie has been paging him constantly trying to offer her help. Munch says, let's feed the addict. Uh, this is another thing that I don't particularly like is the attention and sympathy defense. Um, irregardless, Munch interviews Jamie. Uh, Munch does play the sympathy card with her and she opens up a file and is surprised to find out that it is her own file because she thought that it was sealed. Uh, Munch reminds her of her own abuse after open opening the file and Jamie says that her mom was jealous of the attention that her dad would give her. Uh, that is why she sent Jamie to boarding school. And basically, Jamie was abandoned by her mother in her time of need. Uh, here, Munch says that Emily is officially out of her coma and that she told them everything and that she wants to see Jamie. Munch asks Jamie for the details of what happened. And Jamie says Emily is a liar and that her father poisoned her against her and that Jamie's feelings are the ones that are hurt. Jamie says they were driving home and Emily wouldn't stop crying. So she pulled over and Emily told her about the trip to Cuba. Jamie pulled her out of the car and shoved Emily to the ground to stop her from crying. When they got home, Jamie put her to bed. And when they came back, she was. So when Jamie came back with Michael, um, Jamie said it was important for Emily to be a good girl. She wouldn't stop crying. So Jamie used the hairbrush to teach her discipline because that is how her mother taught her discipline. And Emily kept screaming and crying. So then Jamie threw her against the wall. Then Emily stopped crying. So this is a full admission from Jamie to Munch here. Yeah. Munch is touching her shoulder and then he stands up and leaves the room. When he walks out into the squad room, the detectives and Cragen congratulate him on a job well done, but Munch doesn't respond and he leaves. Olivia goes to search for him and finds Munch on the roof. Uh, here we find out that Emily never came out of a coma. Munch was bluffing and that it was a good bluff because it worked. Uh, 
Munched says to Olivia that Jamie didn't care about her kids and he knew when he saw Michael, the four-year-old. It made John remember a little girl that lived near him when he was growing up. She had the same look in her eyes where she was sad and lost like Michael did. She was on her porch every single day when he would get home like she was waiting for John and he knew that she was being abused. She never said anything to him. John wasn't paying attention because he was a teenager and wrapped up in his own things. One day he came home and the girl wasn't there and he found out that her mother threw her through a window. He went to her funeral and saw her dad and it was the first time in his life that he had seen a grown man cry. Uh, the girl's mother had gone to rehab and she said she didn't understand what all the fuss was about. She was the one who had to get a new window. Months later, John came home and he said he could have sworn that he saw that the little girl was still there. And then John says, I almost let her down again. And he walks away crying. Um, I love this scene because you learn a lot about John Munch and how he got to where he is. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's one of the first times you really see him and Olivia have a heart to heart like this. Yeah. Um, John goes to visit Emily in the hospital and he reads the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go to Her. Uh, because he had seen it in her room at her house. And then we dig Wolf. Yes. That episode is so much, but it's so powerful to me. It really is powerful. Um, even though I don't like some of the discourse around child abuse and abusers themselves were abused and this, that, and the other thing. And just, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I agree, but I also think it, it's a good munch episode. It is a good munch episode. It's a good munch episode. And then um, it really kind of makes you think about uh, something I love about SVU is it's real life. Like they're talking about real life type cases that happen. Yeah. And when you see a young girl who's being abused, you immediately point to the brothers and the fathers uh-huh. that you don't think about that it could be their mother. Um, and I think SVU does a good job of like not only highlighting the thought process people have, but showing you what it really could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on a more positive note, I'm going to start shuffling my cards here. Okay. And while Katie shuffles her cards, I'm going to give you one more reminder to rate, review and subscribe. Um, rating and subscribing or following depending on where you're listening is the most important it tells the algorithm that people are listening to us and they like us and it will recommend us to other people reviewing is just very nice um we lost all our reviews when we switched podcast hosts um and if you leave a review um we'll read it on the podcast nice all right, so I'm using the Trip and Wait Tarot deck. Uh, it's LSD and 70s themed, so for all my hippie witches, I highly recommend it. It's my favorite deck. Um, and the card that jumped out at me was the Nine of Swords. Um, and as I said, the cards never lie. So um, the theme of this Nine of Swords is having like a bad acid trip. <laughs> Lots of worry and anxiety, uh, something keeping you up at night. Uh, Nine of Swords is very indicative of nightmares and sometimes 
fears, but specifically kind of irrational imaginary fears. And in some cases, working yourself up um, when you don't really need to, overthinking it, overdoing it, something's keeping you up at night. And it makes me think about that line with the social services lady in this episode where Munch asks her um, how she sleeps at night. And she says she hasn't slept at night in 10 years um, because of all the shit that she sees at work. Um, I also think this card has a lot to do with overthinking, Mm -hmm. um, lots of anxiety, lots of stress when something's making you anxious, maybe, and I'm a victim of this as well, spiraling out over it, overthinking it, worrying and worrying and worrying yourself sick. And so my advice to any witch detectives that are still here with us is to take, take some breaths, take a step back from it and try to look at what is um, overwhelming you more realistically rather than emotionally um, and try not to hop into the worst case scenario because everything is always working out best case scenario yeah believe that embody it um, and know that everything's going to be okay it's funny that that was the card that you pulled today because I woke up at 3 30 this morning and couldn't fall back asleep until about seven o'clock this morning dude i also had trouble sleeping last night i don't know what time i woke up but i was up for like a while um and couldn't sleep so the cards never lie nope (laughs) never ever ever um if you're still here with us, I'm going to plug our social media just one more time. We are on Instagram at SVU Coven. Feel free to follow us over there. Shoot us a DM. Uh, anything you want to do. We're also on Discord, and we would love to have you join the Coven. You can find that on our Instagram. You can DM us for it, or you can shoot us an email at svucoven at gmail.com. Likewise, if you don't want to join the Discord or Instagram isn't speaking to you, you can always shoot us an email. We will check it. And, you know, if you want to be on the show, sponsor the show, anything like that, email is the best place to reach us. Yeah. Well, that's our show. That's our show. Why do I feel like we're blowing through these lately? I know. (laughs) I mean, I know we're at about an hour, which is our normal, like, time, but I feel like it's faster yeah. <laughs> um if you're still listening you're still here with us go to our latest instagram post and drop an emoji so we know that you're hanging out yes um and in any case that's our show that's our show all right well i love you i love you too blessed be blessed be